I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's episode of Live Mike, number 161. I'm Lee Lonsberry. You're listening to KSL News Radio. There are some days in this business where you wake up with a plan and you set out researching the various topics, and then as the uh, morning and afternoon uh, goes on, the whole world changes, and you find that there are new breaking stories, and you must divert your attention and focus wholeheartedly on what is before you. What am I talking about? Well, uh, a number of things have uh, developed during the course of today. Uh, early in the morning, I got my hands on an email which was drafted by a, a member of the Salt Lake City School Board. Uh, she, uh, Catherine Kennedy is her name, one of the six board members to vote for the plan, uh, which right now is in place for the Salt Lake City School District to commence education instruction on September 8th, but not to do so in person. Instead, delaying in-person instruction at least through the first quarter, and maybe, maybe they get back into the classroom if some uh, numerical benchmarks are met. Uh, that in terms of positive case counts uh, and other little details that are being followed by the district. Now, why do we bring that up and what's important about that email? Well, I'm sure you've heard it discussed on these airwaves just this morning. The, the email, which was sent by this district board member, it is in response to parents soliciting information uh, and rationale behind the vote cast by the board member. And as the email starts, it's rather lengthy, uh, two full pages, single-spaced, uh, let me see here, about seven or eight, nine paragraphs. For the first number of paragraphs, it's all very straightforward. There is a presentation of some data and uh, some perceived understandings of things, and then it devolves. And it devolves rather quickly. Let me now for you read, uh, read to you what, uh, what struck me as not only inappropriate uh, but partisan and which undermines the scientific basis which is claimed uh, as being the rationale used to make the decision, uh, instead suggesting that it was in fact a political-based vote which is keeping your students out of the classroom should you be a resident of the Salt Lake City School District. The paragraph reads, these new guidelines were not drafted. Okay, so she's, let me back up a little bit. The board member is, She's sharing details as to why she made this decision, and she talks about CDC guidelines. She writes, many of you have told me to read the CDC guidelines. I have read them. These are new CDC guidelines because our president did not like the original CDC guidelines. These new guidelines were not drafted by the CDC, but by the Health and Human Services Department and were designed to put pressure on communities to open schools because President Trump believes it will help his campaign to do this. I will tell you that I don't want him to win. I will not change my vote to uphold a president who has botched the handling of a global pandemic at every turn. Those are the words, those are the words of one of the individuals empowered to make decisions about whether or not your students are in the classroom this year. I will tell you I don't want him to win. 
These guidelines were designed to put pressure on communities to open schools because President Trump believes it will help his campaign to do this. Sitting on the board is a, an elected position. Essentially, it's a, a two-way agreement between the person soliciting uh, support from the community and the members of that community themselves. The agreement is this. We trust in you to go look out for the best interests of our children, both the mental, the educational, uh, the safety precautions, and not, not to let your political leanings or your uh, like or disdain for the president be the motivator for your decisions. I will tell you I don't want him to win. That's a line. That's a line from an email drafted to parents, drafted uh, and written by a member of the school board who voted and had the decision-making power. Now, I wonder how widespread this is. There was one member of the board uh, who voted against this plan, uh, but the rest followed suit here and cast, back, cast their vote uh, to keep your children out of the classroom. We're going to get into this deal in greater detail. In fact, in the next segment after the commercial break, uh, I'm going to play for you some of the explanation given by this council member as she appeared on Dave and Dejanovic's program just this morning. Uh, some great questions asked. Uh, I have a few questions myself. We'll hear from uh, the board member next uh, on this program. And let me give you uh, a further look ahead, some of the things coming up on today's program. I mentioned to you that there was a report released, and you have heard, uh, you've heard discussion of this uh, on these airwaves already today. Uh, back in May, there were some accusations leveled against a former member of the University of Utah Police Department. Those allegations surrounded the improper handling, the alleged improper handling of photographs delivered to the department, to this officer, by the late Lauren McCluskey. The images were uh, of herself. And she claimed that they were being uh, used by another in an attempted uh, extortion deal. The allegations from May claimed that the officer uh, inappropriately shared them and uh, downloaded them. And because of those allegations, the university, the chief of police, Chief Rodney Chapman, announced that there would be an investigation, in fact, an independent investigation, spearheaded by the Department of Public Safety here in the state of Utah. Well... That investigation has come to an end, and there have been conclusions drawn. This morning, in a statement from Chief Rodney Chapman, he says, In summary, investigators found no evidence that a former University of Utah officer inappropriately downloaded extortion photos that had been mailed to him by the victim or that he had electronically transferred those photos to anyone other than the detective assigned to the case. Now, there is much more uh, in the report itself. We will go through those details today on this radio program, and we will also speak with the chief of police, Chief Rodney Chapman, and get a more thorough reaction from him uh, after he received this independent investigation from the Department of Public Safety. There are a lot of questions to be asked. There are a lot of uh, uh, allegations that were made in May that unfortunately seem to be upheld in the investigation. Now, uh, specifically in terms of officer, the officer who was uh, accused of having improperly distributed and downloaded the photograph or these photographs, it appears that, uh, that the 
investigation seems to exonerate him of some of the allegations. But the investigation report also indicates that there may be a culture uh, that exists that might need some added attention. That's to put it lightly, and we'll discuss that uh, very fact with Chief Rodney Chapman of the University of Utah just after 2.20 here on this program. Uh, last thing I want to point out coming up on today's show, there was a rally last night which took place at uh, Granite School District headquarters in South Salt Lake. Uh, you see the teachers of Granite High School, or, or rather in the Granite District, they uh, are are upset. They're, they're not pleased with the plan uh, right now, and they last night gathered to voice their concerns. We'll be speaking with one of the teachers there who was in attendance, uh, who made her concerns known, uh, and we'll find out how those concerns were received and if uh, teachers, at least the one we'll be speaking with, is optimistic uh, that they'll get their way. All right, lots to cover today. Again, an email from a Salt Lake City School Board member. Uh, it seems to indicate that her decision to support and uphold a plan to keep students out of the classroom in the Salt Lake City School District is politically motivated. Uh, we'll also take a look at the goings-on at the Granite School District, and then we'll be looking at uh, an investigation report released just today regarding the Lauren McCluskey case. That's all coming up on today's episode of Live Mike. I am Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Do not go away. Welcome back to the program. I'm pretty worked up here this morning, and it's all because of an email I woke up to in the early hours of today. It was an email which was sent, and I described this in detail before the break. It was an email that was sent from Catherine Kennedy. You see, she is a member of the Salt Lake City School Board, specifically representing Precinct 3. That is uh, the Avenues region of Salt Lake City. In that email, uh, she, two parents described uh, some of her rationale behind her vote, the vote that she cast to support the plan which is right now in place for the Salt Lake City School District. In the fall, uh, classes starting September 8th, and those classes, quote-unquote, uh, will not be in person, okay? Uh, essentially returning to the, uh, the in-home instruction which was taking place uh, in the springtime of last year. Now, in fairness, uh, we have spoken to the superintendent on this program, and he assures us that the, the new approach to online learning is vastly different than what was experienced in uh, the springtime, and that he is optimistic that students will get much more uh, from uh, the beginnings of this school year than they did from the end of the school year last year. Again, all of this taking place in the Salt Lake City School District. And then this email, this email, all right? Catherine Kennedy. Now, who is Catherine Kennedy? 
uh, as, as I mentioned, Salt Lake City School Board member, of course, Precinct 3, uh, from Utah, attended Uinta Elementary, uh, went to junior and high school here, uh, and then went off to Harvard University, uh, earned a bachelor's degree there, uh, came home for a master's at the University of Utah, uh, finally earning a Ph.D. from Rutgers University, and for the past number of decades has called the Avenues home herself. A teacher of sixth grade, uh, as well as a college professor, uh, she, uh, she has accomplished much. And so it is that uh, this morning I wake up to this email where she uh, explains the rationale for her vote uh, supporting, supporting the, the plan to open schools uh, in the Salt Lake City School District on the 8th uh, and yet keep those children at home not engaging in in-classroom studies. The, uh, the initial rationale starts uh, with, uh, with a plea to science. It talks about uh, various uh, reports and studies and attitudes held by many, uh, but then it quickly devolves. And I don't use that word lightly because uh, it, it is a, it's an, an intense thing to say uh, and it is a strong accusation, but I feel comfortable making it because I think that the behavior here demonstrated by this board member is unfortunate, and I think it really uh, leads me, at least, to, to, question, to question the motivation behind the closure of schools, specifically in this district. And when I say the closure, I mean uh, the prohibition on in-class learning. I'll repeat the portion of the paragraph I read before the break. Uh, she, in this email, is describing to parents her rationale uh, behind casting her vote uh, to keep students out of the classroom. She says, many of you have told me to read the CDC guidelines. I have read them. These are new CDC guidelines because our president did not like the original CDC guidelines. These new guidelines were not drafted by the CDC, but by the Health and Human Services Department and were designed to put pressure on communities not to open schools because President Trump believes it will help his campaign to do this. I will tell you that I don't want him to win. There could be no worse outcome in November. I will not change my vote to uphold a president who has botched the handling of a global pandemic at every turn. Board member, do you want children to stay out of the classroom because it's good for their health or because you feel it might be uh, a way to keep Donald Trump out of the White House come November. Catherine Kennedy joined Dave and Janovic early this morning, uh, and as that conversation commenced, she uh, was asked point blank, is this decision based on kids or politics? Oh, it's for sure based on the kids. As a member of the Salt Lake City School Board for six years, I ground my decisions in data. And that paragraph was written about to, to parents that had talked to me about the CDC guidelines and whether I was looking at the CDC guidelines. And indeed, I am specifically referred to those guidelines and um, how those guidelines had been revised really to reflect the president's um, election campaign. And so it referred to that and how I felt that that was not good for the health of the children in Salt Lake City and, and that the guidelines did not reflect what was best um, for their decisions in, in how they would go back to school. Hmm. Well, uh, then she was asked, why then even bring up the president in the email to parents? Specifically in this situation, we brought up the president because people were asking me about the CDC guidelines. So this was an uh, email to lots of of, um, of 
uh, parents in Salt Lake City that emailed me that weren't my own constituents, but had asked me specifically about these guidelines and how they had been influenced by the president. Um, but you're right that, that there are a lot of different influences in our state that, that make a difference, and we are certainly looking at those, too, and looking at the COVID numbers in Salt Lake City and Salt Lake County themselves and how they are high in our county. And that's one of the things that our school board is really looking at and what our superintendent has based his plan on. Let me remind you that the email she's discussing here in the paragraph she referred to uh, dealing with CDC guidelines, in that paragraph, it contains the line, I will tell you I don't want him to win. Him, President Trump. There will be, there could be no worse outcome in November. How do you include that line and expect us to believe that your decision making was based on science and not politics? She was asked if she felt she'd crossed the line by bringing up politics in an email, primarily dealing with school children and their needs and safety. Well, I don't think I did. I, you know, I wonder whether people think that the United States has handled the pandemic, this pandemic in a way that's an example for the rest of the world. And I'm worried about our kids. The United States has almost 4.7 million cases out of about 18.7 million cases in the world. And I'm worried about our kids and I'm worried about their parents and I'm worried about our teachers. And that's something that I take really seriously. I mean, I wonder if we have dealt with this pandemic in an effective way, especially when you compare it to the way other countries have dealt with this. And I feel like we need to get this pandemic under control. And that really does affect the children that we have in our district. And I look at the decisions that um, that are made by President Trump's administration, by um, his Secretary of Education, Betsy DeVos, and I wonder if those are good decisions that we're making, you know, on behalf of our children in um, in the in Salt Lake City School District. And and I'm concerned about those decisions. Very concerned, concerned about how they affect the children in our district and and in the, in our state. What do you think? Is she sincere there? Do you follow uh, that rationale? Does it make sense to you? In the next segment, I want to open up the phone lines and hear from you. Also invite you to send a text message. Uh, the phone number, the call-in number, as you well know, is 801-575-TALK. That's 801-575-8255. Pick up the phone now. Uh, give me a call. and Let's talk about this uh, decision made by this uh, school board member uh, and specifically the rationale presented in this email. It rubs me the wrong way, and it makes me wonder if the best decisions uh, for Utah's or specifically uh, the students within the Salt Lake City School District, uh, if they uh, are uh, being best made. Now, uh, the conversation continued uh, between Dave and Debbie here this morning, between uh, themselves and Catherine Kennedy. Uh, she was later asked, the board member was, uh, would she feel comfortable including political statements in future emails? If they ask me what they think of the CDC guidelines, I'll tell them that what I think of the CDC guidelines, that they were politically influenced. That's what I'm saying in this paragraph, that I think the CDC guidelines were politically influenced. And that I think that if your guidelines are influenced by someone who wants to gain re-election, and that that's a problem, and that that's not looking toward the best interests of kids. Because she says the decision is based purely on science, uh, she's then asked, would she be willing to keep schools closed for a year or longer? if the numbers don't come down to the threshold they've set? We really hope it doesn't. We'll know it's safe for students to come back when Salt Lake County's positive COVID rate test, test rate is below 5%, and when our new case counts are fewer than 10 per 100,000 residents. So if we have mask wearing, what we're seeing is that it's, we do think it's effective, and we'll bring our rates down. We're looking forward to that happening in Salt Lake County.
Is this enough to call for uh, a re-vote? Is this enough to ask uh, the remaining members of the school board to explain their rationale? Uh, does this even bother you? Maybe you agree with the rationale presented by, by this board member. Maybe you believe as well that there could be no worse outcome in November than for Donald Trump to remain in the White House. And that, by some stretch, keeping children out of the classroom is a way to bring about uh, that end. This board member says, that, I will tell you that I don't want him to win. I've repeated that line uh, frequently here during this conversation because I think it is the most damning. It reveals here that at least in part, at least in part, the well-being of Salt Lake City School District children is not first and foremost in the decision-making by this board member. I know it's a strong statement, but students aren't puppets. Students aren't uh, characters in a play that you'd like to see uh, turn out a certain way. They're little human beings who deserve to learn, and they can do so best face-to-face -face in the classroom. I'm not the only one that feels that way. Science agrees. 575-TALK. 801-575-8255 is the number. Call, talk to me, share with me your thoughts next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Welcome back to the program. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Uh, just after 1 o'clock, 106 is the time at the KSL Newsroom. We have, for the past half hour or so, been discussing uh, an email, an email I got my hands on early this morning, uh, which was sent to me by uh, a parent, a parent residing within the Salt Lake City School District. And I don't mean to belabor this point, but it, it reveals something that I for so long had hoped wasn't true. I for so long had hoped that there were many that there were people uh, in, in positions of authority and power and decision-making uh, status who were able to set aside politics and to make objective decisions, specifically, specifically when it comes to uh, the, the, the future of our, of our children. And I may look at this stuff differently now. I've got a child of my own, a uh, little baby Piper. She's a, a number of years away from school, but not many years. I know time moves quickly. I am not that far removed from uh, sending little baby Piper off into a classroom myself. And I uh, would hope, I would hope that, that there would be, I would hope that there would be decision makers who look exclusively, exclusively after the well-being of the children. And I can't help uh, but walk away from reading this email here this morning from uh, a member of the Salt Lake City School Board uh, when she reveals that the worst thing that could happen in November would be for President Trump uh, to be reelected and saying that she will do nothing to, uh, to, to bring that about. I will not change my vote, she writes, to uphold a president who has botched the handling of a global pandemic at every turn. Hmm. Uh, I, I invited phone calls. I am grateful to, uh, to those of you who have gotten on the line. Let me first share a few of these text messages before we go to the phones. Uh, the question I asked was, is this appropriate? Is a discussion like this or is reference like this to politics and the president and uh, asserting that the worst thing for this country and for students would be for him to be reelected in November? 
Is that appropriate to include in an email when asked by a parent, uh, so why did you vote this way? Why did you vote for, uh, for no in-person learning for our children within this district? Some of the responses on uh, the text line, the KSL uh, Utah Community Credit Union text line, which is 57500 if you'd like to weigh in via this method. Read, although I agree with the board member, she should not have put in any political stuff in that email. And that brings up a great point. That brings up a wonderful point that, you know, there very well may be science supporting, uh, you know, keeping students out of the classroom. That's a region by region thing. And that's a decision uh, that is, of course, left up to the most local of levels. I support that 100 percent. But the president doesn't have anything to do with that. Science does. Next comment via the text line, whether you believe he should win or not, it has nothing, nothing to do with sending kids back. I agree. Last text before we go to the phones. I find it extremely inappropriate on many points. She references her decision is based on science and following the CDC guidelines, but then contradicts that in the equivalent of accusing the CDC of making fraudulent guidelines for political reasons instead of science. Yeah, I, I, I caught that as well. In her comments with uh, David Dejanovic earlier this morning, she said, yeah, no, we're following these CDC guidelines. And then in the email, it's those very CDC guidelines she sees colored by uh, the taint of politics and President Trump. Now to the phones. Michelle from Farmington, disappointed in the council member. Michelle, how are you? I'm good. Thank you. Uh, tell me what you think. Where does this disappointment come from? Well, okay, so this morning when Dave and Debbie interviewed her, I was pretty disappointed with how they interviewed her. She didn't, she had put out these political statements, and really Debbie and Dave just kind of backed away from them instead of making her really come and say, here is my political view that I did put in here. And there's no way that that does not affect her bias. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm, I am tired of students being put in this quandary where we're, we're making a a whole generation of kids worried. Uh, we can't even tell them to go outside without a mask on. Um, and it's almost 100 degrees. I just think that the science, if truly we were following the science, we would look at previous viruses. There's no doubt that this is a bad virus. But how we've done other viruses should be looked at. And instead, we're taking it like this is a brand new pandemic. We've never heard of a virus before. And so we're throwing all the rules out the window. Yeah. Uh, Michelle, I'm, I'm grateful to you. I'm grateful to you yeah. for your call. Thanks for calling in. And I, I got to defend Dave and Debbie. I thought it was a fine interview this morning. Uh, and the, the board member was repeatedly asked, uh, how, how could you be comfortable including political statements uh, in your email? Did you cross the line? Uh, there were a number of questions which uh, called uh, to attention the, the, the inappropriate nature of the inclusion of that political line. Uh, Michael from Ogden re read the email differently. M Michael, uh, how did you read this email? I don't have the email in front of me, but it sounds like the way you're reading it, it, it seems like you're almost changing the meaning of it. I, I'm trying to listen to the words themselves because we can't get exactly how she would have read it in her own voice. Fair. And so to me, when she says, I will tell you, um, to me, there's, there's, a, there's an implication there that she's, she's speaking on a personal note. That, and, and to me, there is a difference between um, acting on a political bias and informing people of what your political bias is. 
and, and act and, and you can you can be honest about your political bias without acting on that political bias without basing your decisions on it. Sure, sure. Michael, you, um, make, a, you make a good point. There, there, you know, we don't have her tone of voice. We don't have her inflection. We're not inside her mind, certainly. But how about that sentence that you just shared? It reads, and I'll read it to you, I will tell you that I don't want him to win. So that, yeah. as you described, is a personal assertion. Now, right. Well, a, and everybody a, has their own, uh, their own hopes for what, how the, this election will, out, will turn out. Right. And when, and when you when use the word... I thought it was a little strong when she used the words worst possible outcome in right. November. That's but the next sentence, I, which reads, th there could about, be no worse outcome in November. It, it immediately yeah, follows seemed, her assertion that she doesn't want to win. When I first listened to that, I thought that seemed kind of strong. But after I thought about it, I realized when we're talking about outcome in November, we're talking about outcome of the election. And as I understand it, most people have two possible outcomes of the election. And that when they weigh those two possible outcomes, they consider one worse than the other. They're not saying the other one is good. They may be saying both are bad, but they are saying one is the worst. And we can all, uh, we're all allowed to fall on one side or the other without, without being judged for our, our personal feeling about what we think the outcome of the election should be. Yeah, uh, Michael, uh, I am grateful to you for your for your views here and your point. Thank you so much for calling in and for listening. Uh, final call here coming from John in Ogden. Worried that kids will be super spreaders. John, I, how do you feel about this? You know, uh, just let me start by saying bringing politics in this at all is wrong. It should be a medical, science-driven everything, and it is all over the place. And, I mean, the politics is crazy, <laughs> The right-wing conservative says that kids can't spread this, but they don't take into account that since day one we have isolated our kids. There's no school. There's no summer school. There's no gatherings. Kids can spread virus just the same as people. I have a fifth grader. I don't want to keep her out of school, but I have a four-year-old who has lung disease. Where, where, do I want to keep him out of it? Because his social needs it too. You know, to bring politics in at all is crazy, and the science is being skewed so bad on this that it's just political now if you don't want to wear a mask usually i could say you're probably a, a republican watching right-wing news yeah. you know if you do then you're probably not when we got to think okay this is actually sars it is not covid 19 that's a name they gave it it is sars covid 2 it is a real respiratory virus it may affect people differently and to think that kids aren't going to spread a virus. I just had a friend whose kids went to daycare. They thought they were being safe and everything. One kid got it in daycare. They all six of them got it from their children at daycare. And we mm. don't think it's going to spread around schools like wildfire. Yeah. I just don't understand. And just throwing politics is wrong at all, but keep the science. But the, the politics is taking over the science. And I do have to say it's coming from the top. Yeah. If 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 this if the national the White House said this is what the experts say that's what it is instead of all these political oh don't wear a mask this hydrochloroquine oh this light this disinfectant we need to really leave it to the doctors to make sure our kids are safe because if we go back to school and they are super spreaders then what's going to happen In, more inflammatory syndromes 
Yeah. John, John I've, got to, I've got to stop you and let that be the last word. Thank you so much for listening, for calling. Best of luck when school starts, the decisions that you have to make with your own children, uh, especially that four-year-old with the, uh, with the lung challenges. I wish you the very best. need to take a break right now. When we come back, we're going to change, uh, we're going to change our focus entirely, and we're going to look at some young people bound for college who are taking a year off because of this COVID, because of other reasons, and they're taking a year off to work on farms around this great country. We're going to look at a program that fascinates me next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.